Jesus Christ. Come on, put your hands together and just celebrate the life of Jesus. Come on, you can clap better than that. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. He gave his life, hallelujah. Come on, you can clap for that. He gave his life, hallelujah. He gave his life. He didn't just give an arm. He, he didn't just lose a leg. He didn't just lose a life, an eye, but he gave his life. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Rock Church, the place where your life matters, Jesus matters, and worship matters all the time. It's our desire to create relevant moments where broken and hurting people can be restored back to their rightful place in God. I'm so excited. We're in April. We're in a new, a new quarter. Hallelujah. We've come through January, February, and March, the place of expansion. As we move into this season of manifestation, as we move into this season where I really believe God is going to show us and reveal to us things that will happen and occur in our life. It's going to be an exciting moment. It's going to be an exciting time. I want you to take some time today as we move into our new series uh, for this resurrection series as we move into this new quarter. Uh, we want to begin to just talk about our series theme, Born to Die, The Journey to Calvary. I want to say that again, born to die, the journey to Calvary. It means everything. He was born to die, his journey to Calvary. I want you to take a few minutes and I really want you to focus in as I prepare this, this lesson on today, born to die, the journey to Calvary. He was born to die, the journey to Calvary. We can see that that was the late, great Billy Graham teaching on John 3.16. As I begin to settle my mind and my heart and my thoughts through this text here, I begin to ask the Lord to, to forgive me and to really forgive us because a lot of times you hear John 3.16 but we never really dig into the meat that is in John 3.16. Over this next week, that's your homework assignment. I want you to just go in and really settle and just look at John 3.16. And really allow the Lord to expose to you some of the areas in your heart that you have missed when you hear this. I want you to hear this today as we move into this topic on today. Love gives, love lives, and leads. Love sacrifices, love dies. And we all know that the greatest gift of love is to share that which belongs to you so that others may live again. Love is not the list that we read off for others to hear. Love is the unwritten list that no one hears, but only sees through the light of Christ. I want you to hear that again. Love gives, love lives and leads. Love sacrifices and love dies. And, and we all know that the greatest gift of love is to share which belongs to you. So that others may live again, love is not the list that we read off for others to hear. Love is the unwritten list that no one hears but only sees through the light of Christ. For God so loved the world. I want to say that again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse number 17, for God did not send his son 
into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. I want you to hear how the, ampliver, how the Amplified Version says this. I really like this. Um, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him shall not perish but may have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge, to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on, uh, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. For God so loved the world. I want you to, I want you to hear that again. For God, who is God? He's the creator. Come on now. He, he, he's sovereign. He's mighty. He's powerful. The Bible says that he's a terrible God. He's long-suffering. He's meek. He's gentle. He's holy. He's mighty. He's majestic. Uh, he's beautiful in all of his splendor. He's the God who created man. He, he's the God who created the earth. Uh, he, he is God. God all by himself. Uh, he, he's God by spirit, not by body. Uh, he's God, meaning that he can be everywhere at the same time and still be God. Come on now. God in Mexico and God right here. He can be healing in Arizona and delivering right here at the same time. And God can still be God. God is still God, but there's something so powerful about God that I think we overlook sometimes. And I like what John 3.16 says. It says, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world so much to the point that he loved us beyond the sin and the wrong that was committed against him. Uh, number one, God so loved the world. I, I want you to see that in the text there. Uh, uh, God so loved the world. It, it could have been written uh, that God cared about the world. Come on now. Uh, that God felt for the world. That he felt compassion. Uh, the, the text says here in John that he so loved his unconditional love. Uh, a love that, that can be likened to the love of a parent. That a parent has for a child. But it even goes deeper than that, Edgar. Uh, think about it. The, the love that a parent gives to their children is what we see here. God's affection, his mercy, his kindness. Come on now. Towards all humanity. For God so loved the world. When we look at life today, we've got to understand that life, you, you guys have been hearing me say it, life happens. Life is going to occur. Life is going to happen. But we have to remember that God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son into the world. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But for God so loved the world, I like what Romans 5 and 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Come on now. Christ died for us. Ephesians 2 and 4, you can see it here. Uh, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us. You, you can see it. Uh, he demonstrates his love by sending his son uh, while we were yet sinners. Uh, but then I like what John, 1 John 4.10 says, In this is love, not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sin, to, to be the redeemer. Come on now, to be the sacrificial lamb. I, I like what 1 John 4 says, not that we loved him so much, 
that he did it. Come on now. Uh, because man was at a frail state. Man was in a sinful state. Man was completely disconnected from God. Man was still operating through sacrificial rituals and, and using different instruments to try to get to God. But God loved us so much. He loved us beyond what we could ever love him. He loved us so much. Come on now. Number two, uh, uh, he loved us so much that he gave his son. Can you think about that? Can, can, can you think about that? Uh, can, can you think about that, Jake? That, that you love the world so much that you're going to give Chloe right now. And you're going to give her up and say your assignment is to go there and to die. Ooh, come on now. Uh, you birthed this baby. Come on now. Uh, you've been praying for this child. Come on now. We can look at this. Abraham gave his only begotten son, but, but his son still lived. Come on now. Come on. Ah. God told him to take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him. But the only begotten son that was sent into the world. Come on now. He, he gave, he gave him, he gave him by not holding back. God gave Jesus to the world in exchange for mankind to be restored and reconciled uh, back to their original form and purpose in God. I, I like what our presiding bishop says over in Numa. Come on now, Bishop uh, Rob, Sir uh, Robert Lyons. Come on now. He, he began to talk about this word, recalibrate. Come on now. Uh, the, the entire uh, regeneration uh, of mankind was recalibrated the moment that God sent Jesus into the world. The recalibration started. Come on now. It didn't start when he died on the cross. It didn't start when he got up out of the ground. It started when he sent him into the world. Come on now, recon the reconciling of man. Come on now, going back to its original state. Come on now, uh, 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 the recalibrating of your life, the sinful nature of man. Come on now, uh, uh, it was started then when he sent him, his only begotten son, into the world. Not to be famous. Not to be rich, come on now. Not, not to stand on stages, come on now. He sent him here to die so that he could restore, renew, and reconcile humanity back to its original purpose. To have dominion and power in the earth. To be in true communion and fellowship with the Father. It's nothing worse than having a child and you and your child have no relationship. And the only way that you can talk is by telephone. The only way that you can talk is through text. The only way that you can communicate is that you cannot be in the same room. Come on now. There was a moment before God sent his son and he gave his son that God had to talk to man through another room. Woo! He had to talk to man through systems. He had to talk to man through rituals he had to talk to man through one priest come on now who offered sacrifice one time a year come on uh, do, do you know how uncomfortable that can be Gwen do, do you know how uncomfortable that can be Krima do, do you know how uncomfortable your life would be if you had to communicate with your children uh, through another room uh, through another portal you couldn't touch them you can't see them why because you and two are not on the same platform when we look at generations today, come on now, fathers can't see their sons. Mothers can't see their daughters. Come on now. We look at our generations and families are still broken today. They're still hurting and lost. And God understood that if I don't do this, I'll never see my children the way I created them. Woo. 
Oh, did y'all hear that? Come on now, this is John, 16, John 3, 16. For God, the terrible God, the judging God, the, the wrath of God that came in the Old Testament, come on now, that destroyed, come on now, the wrath of God that sent his people into exile several times, 70 years, come on now. We're talking about a God that was displeased, a God that felt discouraged, a God that felt like I created this and they've abandoned me but for God so loved the world that he gave come on now he did not spare in Romans 8 32 he did not spare his own son but delivered him over for all for us all he will not also with him freely give us all things. Did, did you hear that? He didn't spare his son. He gave him over to us so that he would be persecuted. So that he would walk the seven miles to Calvary. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I, the journey, come on now. Uh, he gave them to us so that we would betray him. So that we would spit on him. So that we would deny him. So that we would laugh at him and mock at him. He gave him to a people that would send him to a cross. For God so loved the world. I'm talking about Jesus. Come on now, I'm talking about a God, come on now, that gave his son, come on now. He gave his son freely, come on now. Uh, he didn't hold back. Can, can I teach it to you? Uh, God gave his tithe, come on now. Uh, he gave his tithe a tenth of himself. Woo, come on now, hallelujah. He sold his tithe into the earth. He gave, come on now. Come on, when you look at it, he gave Mark 12 and 6 says here, uh, 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 he had no more to sin. A beloved son, he sent him, last of all, saying, they will respect me. There was Moses. There was Noah. Adam jacked it all up from day one. Come on now. He jacked it up. Never fixed it. It got worse after Adam got worse after Moses, Joseph, Samson, Samuel, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Nehemiah, Ezra. I'm calling them all off. Come on now. Come on now. Ruth, Esther, everybody that he sent. They didn't live. Everybody that he thought he could use to restore mankind back to its original in, intent to be in true fellowship with God, to have dominion and authority in the earth, it didn't work. And so he said, I saved the best for last. I, I saved the best for last. Come on now. Uh, 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 I saved the best for last. But I want to really show you how much I love you. I'm going to give him. Come on now. I, I'm not just going to lend him to you. I'm going to give him to you. Come on now. He belongs to you. The day that God sent his own begotten son the day that he gave Jesus to the world was the day that man's recalibration man's restoral man's renewal man's restoration started come on now I want y'all to hear this Come on now, uh, John 3.16 is the beginning of salvation it's the beginning where the gospel is really preached right here Come on now. I know they taught you if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, thou shalt be saved. But if you ignore this here, then I've really got a question. If you really experience the true saving power of Jesus Christ, he gave his son. Uh for God, number one, so loved the world. Number two, for God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, number three, for God so loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten son, not his firstborn. Who? I want y'all to be careful right there. 
Come on now. Because sometimes we can look at Jesus as a firstborn now. Uh, when we look at him, we've got to look at him in spirit form. Ah, come on now. I want y'all to see this here. Uh, uh, that's how we get mixed up sometimes. Come on now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Meaning, I want y'all to hear this, that Jesus as the son of God was the sole representative of the being and character of the one who sent him. Y'all ain't hearing this. Come on now. He was already born. He was already there when he created. He was already there when he said, let there be light. He was already there. He, he's always been there because you got to connect it and you got to go back to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. Ooh, come on now. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the living word. Come on now. Jesus has been around from day one. He's never been absent. He's never been on the other side. He's been right there at the right side of the Father all day long in spirit and in truth. Come on now. He says in John 4, he says, I seek those who will worship me. The Father seeks those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. Ah, he's talking about it. He's always been here. But because of man's sin, because of man's inability to remain connected to the Father, now the Father has to worship you out of a mountain. Now the Father has to worship you through an animal. Now the Father has to worship you through material things. Oh, come on now. The day that God breathed life into you, Jesus was right there. The day that God predestined you to be great. Jesus was right there. He gave his only begotten son. Come on now. Jesus was God in the flesh in the earth. Come on now. God in the flesh of authority and deity. Come on now. Come on now. Jesus showed us what it is to submit his own power back to his father. Come on now. Look at it. The begotten son means that there was no other like him in all the heavens. Jesus being the begotten son was so unique in that he was never created from any form or origin. Woo. Come on. Y'all missed that, didn't y'all? See, y'all thinking that he was born by Mary. Come on now. Ah, come on now. He was conceived in her womb. Come on now. That means... That means that God never needed the seed, the sperm of man. He, he never needed uh, intimacy between a husband and a wife to send his son. He just sent his son and he planted him in the womb of Mary. Come on now. He was already there. He's always been here. Jesus is not some made up conception. He's not some made up image that God just decided because they don't want to obey me. They don't want to see me. Let me go back and, and make up some Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus has always been there from the beginning. He is the Alpha. Come on now. And the Omega. Come on now. The beginning and the end. Come on now. Uh, Come on, when you look at John 3.16, you got to see this here. Come on now. Come on now. Jesus being the begotten son was so unique that he was never created from any origin. Meaning that when God sent him into the world to be born through the virgin birth of Mary, his mother, he was already active. Already active. That's why there's nobody that can ever tell me. That Jesus is not the greatest man that ever lived. Come on now. He's, he's, he's the greatest man that was ever born, that was ever conceived. Why? Because there is no seed. Come on now. But, but this is what amazes me. Uh, Jesus is connected to a genealogy, but there is no seed. Oh, come on now. That, that's that's mind-blowing. Uh, you're connected to a genealogy, but you have no seed of a man. Come on now. The genealogy, come on now, just simply gives us where he came through that 
that line that he came through. But when you look at his birth, come on now, uh, Joseph had to deal with the issue that, that is that really my son? Come on, can we be honest, James? That ain't my son. How you going to tell me that's my son? I didn't sleep with his mama. Come on now. Uh, come on now. I didn't spend no... Why y'all sitting there looking at me? Come on now. To have children, uh, uh, th there has to be intimacy. Come on now. Uh, but Jesus was born uh, uh, without that intimacy. And Joseph has to deal with being a stepdaddy. Because Joseph really wasn't his father. Come on now. Joseph really wasn't the person uh, that had authority over his life. But Jesus understood what it meant to be under authority. Uh, he understood what it meant that he had to be a child. That he had to be a son to Joseph. Ah, come on now, look at it. That's why you got to be careful when you talk about Jesus. Come on now. Jesus was so powerful that he submitted himself to his own mama because his mama had to say, come on now, uh, uh, where is the egg? Come on now. Uh, uh, where did it come from? Uh, God came and he put the sun right in her belly. Come on now. Ah, ah, I know science is going to say there had to be an egg. There was no egg. He put the sun right in her stomach and she had a natural birth Ooh, come on y'all messing with me come on now see this is what this is what life doesn't want you to hear it doesn't want you to hear the power of a father and a son come on now uh, uh, nobody can ever stand uh, to the power of God come on now when you can show me another God that created a son and gave a son without having intercourse between two people and there was sperm and there was egg and now a baby is born and now they had an ultrasound to tell you what the baby's gonna be oh y'all ain't messing with me come on now the Lord spoke to Mary and said you will have a son come on now ah, y'all hearing me see God is so big see God is so dope he's so powerful he's so mighty that he gave his own ultrasound he used an angel to say and his name shall be called Jesus come on now how you gonna tell me what my baby is gonna be and he said this is why you will carry it Whew. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Come on now, look at it. Uh, 1 John 4, 9. By this love, God was manifested in us. That God sent his only begotten son into the world. Come on, that we might live through him. Jesus didn't come here just so his father could brag. Jesus was sent into the world because his father had no other way to reconnect himself back to his creation. So he said, the only way that I can reconnect myself without killing, without destroying, without frowning upon them the rest of their life, I need to send and give my only begotten son, the, the only one who has my true likeness, the only one who's really me, the only one who could step in flesh and not sin and not transgress. The devil is alive when you enter conversations and people tell you that God had emotions. I mean that Jesus had emotional problems. The devil is a lie. He's a man that was pure, holy, consecrated all 33 years of his life. He never had an evil thought. Come on now. Be careful that you start reasoning that Jesus was like you. Jesus has never been like you and I. He's only like his father. Come on now. Jesus is not like you and I. If he was, he would have never been able to redeem us from the sin that we committed. He would have never been the propitiation for our sin. He would have never been to, uh, the person to make true atonement for the entire world and all humanity. Come on now. If Jesus was like you and I, then why would God make him so unique? Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. I love this today. Come on now. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Father. John 1.18. God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. Jesus was sent to explain the Father. <laughs> Jesus was sent 
so that the Father might be revealed to man. Jesus was sent into the world so that the Father might be glorified, so that we could see the Father through Jesus. It's just like your children. What you put in your children is how people will see you as a parent. Woo, come on here now. Come on, look at it. Let's, let's make the natural application. Uh, how you train your child is how people are going to recognize you as a parent. If you teach your child that cussing and living life raggedy, their peers are going to recognize you as a parent that didn't really teach your kid how to respect adults, how to respect themselves. If fathers only teach their, their sons how to sleep with as many women as they can, how to sell drugs and how to do all of this other type of stuff, guess what? When the court takes them to jail, they're going to recognize you as the parent that gave them the authority to do it. God sent Jesus and said, I want you to be me in the flesh and I want you to show them my unconditional love. I want you to extend them my grace. I want you to extend them my mercy. And that's why it was so hard for them to see Jesus because they never really had a relationship with the Father. Woo! Come on here. Come on here now. The Pharisees didn't know the Father. They only knew Moses. They only knew what they heard, but they never knew the Father. Come on now. Uh, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Until you can see me, you can't see my Father. Until you can understand who I am, then you'll never understand my Father. And this is why people call God the man upstairs. Let me correct you. Uh, there are no stairs to heaven. Come on now. Uh, he's not the man upstairs his name is God and the name of his son is called Jesus Christ come on now and his brother come on now in the spirit is called the Holy Ghost come on now you gotta call me by my name why do you dishonor me and why do you disrespect me because you want to give me a name that doesn't bring honor you want to give me a name that you don't have to submit to you want to give me a name but when you call him God when you call him God I'm talking about for God so loved the world that he gave his son his only begotten son number four ah that so ever whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life see i gotta take my time and and teach this i i know that we've been a one-hour church come on now but but in this season uh, we spent hours talking about uh, the slap uh, we spent hours and days talking about an issue come on now uh, an issue that ain't gonna fix your marriage uh, an issue that ain't gonna make your life better but now we're so concerned about another man come on now i'm gonna talk about it today uh, we've been talking about people that ain't really 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 in it but when we think about it the enemy always uses life experiences to disconnect us from this moment Jesus why ain't we talking about Jesus Jesus was slapped in the face and he never responded I got nothing else to say he was spit in his face and he never responded he was beat all day and all night and he never responded they placed a crown of thorns not some little rose bushes that your mama grow in her backyard that'll pinch you. No, 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 no. They were thorns that were placed down upon his head where he bled from his head. Come on now. And he never said a mumbling word. Come on now. Uh, they beat him to where his mama could not even recognize who he was. Uh, the historians say they beat him so much that his flesh looked like hamburger meat. And we sitting here talking about a man took up for his wife. No, no, no. A man that's just got an issue. A man that just doesn't know when he's at the height of his career that God is ready to use him. But the enemy always comes. Oh, rabba, no, rabba. When God, ready, when God is ready to use you, the enemy has a plan to shame you at the same time. Come on now. Come on now. 
we got to take this back to Jesus. And I'm saying it today. Jesus could have got off the cross. He could have called the legion of angels to help him. But he stayed there. Come on now. He stayed there with the nails in his feet. Come on now. With the nails. Now, not just in his hands, but they put him through the nerves. Come on now. Y'all ain't here. One of the pain that he had to endure. Ah. That word believe, pistion, those who have confidence, trustworthiness, assurance, and reliability in Jesus being the begotten Son. Think about it. God, the Father, the I Am, sent, He gave His only begotten Son so that the world, humanity, mankind might believe through Him, Jesus Christ. John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Y'all better stop playing. This This is what the book says. Your chakra can't save you. Your crystals don't bring Jesus in. Your sage don't bring Jesus in. Come on now. I know that we use all of this stuff and we're talking about I'm going back to the motherland. The devil is a lie. Come on now. You got to understand that the only way that your life is going to change is that God has to abide in your life and that you have to believe in the only begotten son and his name is Jesus. Come on now. Come on now. His name is Jesus. John 6:40. For this is the will of my Father that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Come on. This is the gospel. John 11:25. Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection." And the life. This, this is why they sent him to the cross. This is why his own culture, his own family, his own friends, come on now, sent him to the cross because he says, I am the resurrection. Oh, what are you talking about? Because they didn't know who the father was. So they had a problem because they were looking for Isaiah. They were looking for Moses. Uh, uh, what have you been looking for? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. He said to her, do you believe this? Jesus was not a prophet. He was Jesus. All in one. Jesus was everything. Jesus, my all in all. Jesus, my master, my savior. Jesus, my lawyer in a courtroom. Jesus, my doctor on a sickbed. Jesus, my mind regulator. Jesus, my peace in the middle of a storm. Jesus, my everything. My lily of the valley. He's my bright and morning star. He's my all in all. He's my blessed assurance. He's my I need the all every hour. Ah, hallelujah. Jesus at the cross. Come on now. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Jesus, I must tell you all of my troubles. Jesus, great is thy faithfulness. Jesus, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. Come on now. I've been purchased by God, born of his spirit. Come on now. Jesus, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Come on now. Jesus, I saved by his power divine. Saved. Come on now. He lifted me out of the miry clay. Jesus, love lifted me. When there was nothing else, it was his love. It was his power that lifted me lifted me out of a sea of sinfulness. 
Jesus. Come on now. Can somebody just say Jesus? Come on now. The only begotten son, Jesus. Come on now. The only begotten son, unique with all the power, with all the glory, with all the deity of his father. Jesus only did what he saw his daddy do. And he came into the world so that you and I might have life more abundantly, that we might live through him so that we could be restored back to the father. The father said that I gave my tithe and I gave my offering. When you think about his name, think about what he did. He died on a cross with you in mind. But that's cheap salvation. He died on a cross with his father in mind. That's what makes it so powerful. When we water it down, we blame it on you. He died so that you, no, no, no. He died so that his father could poke his chest out again. He died so that his father could see you, Edgar, as what he created you to be in my likeness, in my image, so that you could be fruitful and multiply in me. Come on. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on now. The only begotten son, love gives, love leads, love sacrifices, love dies. And we all know that the greatest gift of love is to share that which belongs to you so that others may live again. Love is not the list that we read off for others to hear. Love is the unwritten list that no one hears but only sees through the light of Christ. See it, James? Jesus came so that we could see and have the light of Christ in us so that we could be reconciled and renewed Back to the Father. In this season, I want you to be careful that you don't become consumed with what life is bringing to the point that you miss Jesus. I know they're going to be mad at me and say, well, preacher, you went on a rant, but Jesus took it. Come on now. He took it all. Jesus took it all and he never said a mumbling word. Jesus be the center of my heart. Be the center of my life. Come on now. I want you to say that. Jesus be the center of my life. Come on, say Jesus be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The table. We do this as often as we remember, put back together. <laughs> the table represents the body being made whole again. We remember that his body was broken. But as we partake in the, the Lord's Supper, we remember by putting it back together. Because when he came out of the tomb, he was put back together. <laughs> when he ascended to heaven, seated at the right hand of his father, 
the place where he belongs. The work was finished. And so now the body is no longer broken. The body has been restored. The, the moment that he gave up his breath, the body was restored. The moment that he held out his hands to his disciples, the body was put back together. So when you look at the table, never look at the table that, that we're just remembering, but understand that Jesus, God, the Holy Ghost, abides at the table. Whew. It abides at the table. He lives at the table. He is the table. Come on, lift your hands. Stand on your feet. I want you to just begin to say, Lord, forgive me for not really understanding what John 3.16 really means to all mankind. But, but hear this. He, he said, whoever believes in me shall not perish but have eternal life. Not everybody is going to believe, but he says, whoever believes. Come on now. Whoever believes, this is, this is just not for Christians. Uh, you, can, you can be somebody else and, and you can be Muslim. You can, whoever believes in me, that I am the only begotten son, you shall have life eternally. Come on now. Come on, look at this. Come on. Father, we thank you. Forgive us. Come on, lift your hands. And just say, Lord, forgive me for not really seeing what God did for me over 2,000 years ago. Father, forgive me for not understanding that the body of Christ is no longer broken but the moment he died on the cross the moment that you sent him into the world the moment that he was conceived in his mother's womb started the process of the body being put back together again. Oh, Rabbi. Come on, worship right there. Come on, worship right there. The moment that he was born, the, the moment that he was conceived, the moment that the word of God was spoken into the life of man, God started the process where the body would be put back together again and no longer broken. The table we acknowledge that it is the living presence and breathing presence of God. So we ask that you forgive us of a sin. Oh, Rabbi, come on. Do the examination. Come on now. Ask, law, ask God to reveal to you the secret chambers of your heart that harbor presumptuous sins. Places in your life where you become stiff-necked. Places in your life where you become haughty and arrogant and all-knowing in the place in the face of God. Come on. Ask God to show you the idols, the flesh hooks that, that have exalted themselves above the will and the plan of the Father. Come on, take examination. We remember John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life and on that night he took the bread and he blessed it he broke it in Jesus name the blood 
the cup that redeems, that washes. In Jesus' name. Let the glory of God rest upon us. Now, Father, as we leave this place, we leave with you. We leave and we believe. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Before we leave, the video that we saw of Billy Graham, he made a statement. He says, many people have Bibles, and I'm sure we all have Bibles. If you have a cell phone now, there's a Bible available. All you have to do is download it. We are yet in Lent. We are yet in our Sunday morning, 9 a.m. prayers up until Pentecost Sunday. I want to petition you all. I know we all have Bibles, but we're all, we all find ourselves sometimes so busy. I want to petition us that we will be intentional to not just have a Bible, like he says, a lot of people, everybody has a Bible. But I want to petition us to make sure that we are intentional to open our Bible, to read the Bible. No one said you got to read from the Genesis to uh, uh, Revelations in one day. No one says that, but just take some time out. If you can only do a scripture, a verse, let's just be intentional that we are not counted in the number as he says, everybody has a Bible, but not too many of us open the Bible. Don't be counted in the number of the non-readers. The importance of the word, the importance of us opening the Bible is to have the strength the, to understand. The word heals, the word mends, the, the word cuts, the word, the word of God is our tool that we have on this earth, that we can live in this earth, continue to walk, continue to move, continue to function no matter what's going on around us because the scripture gives us the assurance and the confidence that we can continue on in spite of what it may look like. And so in order for us to physically walk this earth and be like Jesus and allow our light to shine, we need to have something inside of us so that we can speak the word. The scripture says, thy word have I hid in my heart. How are we going to hide it in our heart if we're not intaking it? We're on this and Numa, we're on this journey of immersion. To be immersed, to, to, to have immer immersion, you have to be in it, sunken in it, dunked in it, jump in it. When you jump in a pool, you are emerged in water. So let us be intentional. Online. I see you guys on the app. Let's be intentional to eat, get in the Word, to read the Word, and not just be the one that has a Bible and don't open the Bible. Let's allow the Word to do what it's supposed to do in our lives, to edify us to give us the confidence. Olivia, I love you, honey. I saw you online. I love you. The blessings of the Lord on your life. But let us do that. Let's start day by day. And then week by week. Until it becomes a pattern. In Jesus' name. Amen. I really want you all to just focus in this season the 
African-American, well, I'll say Christianity in the Western culture, we're so distracted during this season. The Muslims in Ukraine will not forsake Ramadan. Y'all hear what I'm saying? In the midst of war, they will not forsake Ramadan. In the midst of tragedy, but in America, we will forsake Easter, the resurrection, because it's snowing outside. I don't get up to come to church. I'm going to say it. America is so spoiled that we feel that we can turn God on and off because we don't feel like it. I want to encourage each and every one of you that you remain focused during this season. It's all about Jesus. Easter at the table, I want you to bring your children. I don't want you to take them to take pictures at the mall. We have cameras here as your bishop. We're going to do Easter at the table, food, fun, and fellowship on Easter Sunday. Bring your children so that they can have fun. Bring yourself, your family, and your friends so that we can fellowship. You'll be out in time enough to still enjoy. Tell grandmama she can come here. Don't go to the early brunch. It's going to be here. As your bishop, I want to say this. Don't become discouraged at what you see and what you hear. Over the next three weeks, all hell will break loose so that you will disregard the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The enemy never wants us to celebrate this. He wants us to use Easter as a gimmick where so many people come to church and we do so many things and they leave and they never come back because we gave them Easter and not the resurrection. <laughs> I want you to take some time this week and I want you, your homework is to just read John 3, 16, 17, and 18. Those three verses. I guarantee you your life is going to change. I appreciate you. I love you so much. But we're in a season where Easter at the table means everything to us. On that Sunday, get here, dress up, dress down, and afterwards we're going to fellowship as a family. No excuses, no text messages, no reason not to show up. Be here. Tell somebody. Call somebody and say, join us for Easter at the table. What's Easter at the table? A time of food, fun, and fellowship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love you. If you didn't have an opportunity to give your tithe, offer, give your offering, sow your seed, I want you to do that today. We love you. We appreciate you. Your giving matters here at the Rock Church. We love you. We appreciate you. Father, we thank you that you cover us. That you cover us during this season where the world and life is happening and media is so strong that if we're not careful, we will lend our ear to what is happening verses to what has already occurred the life of Jesus Christ as we continue the 40 days of giving up Lent giving into the place of surrender and giving to 
something charitable. Father, we thank you. And we bless you. Don't let anybody talk you out of your relationship with Jesus. Can I say that? Don't let anybody talk you out of your moment. Don't let anybody contaminate these next two weeks. Let it be a holy time. I love you. Have a great day. And God bless you. Peace to the family. Peace to the bishop. And peace to us all. Palm Sunday. It's next Sunday, I believe. I want you to be here. Bring your children so that we can give them their palms. We can anoint you. And then we can just prepare as a family for the Passover. All right? Next two weeks, really, the next month and a half is going to be very important. If you can get here at 9 o'clock on Sundays to pray with us, because we've been in 22 Sundays. I believe we have about, what, how many more Sundays left? She says she don't know. (laughs) Pentecost Sunday is June 5th. Eight. Y'all got it? Let's commit to the eight. A new beginning. Let that be your start. Have a great day. I love you. I appreciate you. Keep us in your prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.